Peace and blessings. Welcome to another episode of Boss Hijabipreneur. Women often appear to suffer from the misconception that to be successful in business or accepted in society, they have to diminish or denounce their faith or beliefs. As a business coach, I have encountered women cross-culturally who face internal conflict regarding their religious identity, maintaining their family roles, and being their most authentic selves. I developed this podcast to help guide them back to reclaiming their faith, better define their roles as women, so they can own their identity, live their absolute best life, and be a powerhouse in business. Let's tune in to today's episode, Already in Progress. Welcome back. This is episode 32, How You Reconcile Your Spiritual Beliefs with Your Wallet, with your host, Halima Daly Vara. So um, we spent this summer, we spent the bulk of our episodes talking about faith and finances. And what I wanted to do with this episode is I wanted to break it down in Lerman's terms, how you reconcile your spiritual beliefs with your wallet um, and avoid that financial sabotage out of fear of losing faith. So if you're anything like me, um, a lot of, uh, you know, what I, you know, did growing up or what I learned growing up is that, you know, money was evil and that, you know, you're going to lose your Islam. You're going to lose, you know, your faith by, you know, earning money and, you know, don't get you know, too bogged down by money. And I think that, you know, that ideology did a couple of things. Of course, it put the fear of God in me, but then it also um, kind of made me, uh, you know, kind of gravitate towards, you know, like this, you know, uh, towards money and earning it and just, you know, having this fixation on, um, you know, earning money and uh, never wanting to be without it. So as a kid, you know, just uh, growing up poor, of course, you know, the, the goal is to get rich. I remember, you know, my two brothers and I, so I'm one of six, but uh, my, my, I have an older brother and a younger brother and the th- three of us were pretty close in age. And so uh, I remember having like these crazy, crazy, crazy conversations about, you know, how we were just going to be rich and how we were going to get rich so that, you know, we didn't live in certain places and that we were able to afford certain luxuries that that we didn't have, right? So like, you know, just a a little girl from Brooklyn, some kids from Brooklyn, their dreams, right? But I think, you know, that, you know, uh, you know, just getting really serious about faith probably in the last five years, you know, I found myself and, you know, in speaking to other people and not just Muslims, just, you know, women of faith in general, that um, a lot of times we have this fear of making money because we feel like it's going to disconnect us, you know, from our faith, but also disconnect us from the life that we know, disconnect us from the friends that we have and that kind of thing. And I'm going to tell you that's financial sabotage. You know, um, if you focus too much on anything, um, you can get consumed by it. So it's not just money. You could like candy, you could like junk food or you know, you could, you know, like, um, you know, gambling or anything like that. You know, I would hope that as a person of faith, you know, there's just certain things that you don't do. But if you find yourself in those things, you know, like anything can become a problem. Like you can be addicted. I have a, a you know, a sister-in-law that's addicted to Pepsi. Like she doesn't drink water. Like her beverage of choice is Pepsi. She drinks it, you know, first thing in the morning, in the middle of the afternoon. She drinks it cold. She drinks it hot. Like, you know, and when I mean hot, I mean room temperature, right? And so anything can become an addiction for us. So I say all of that to say that, you know, if, you know, money, you know, if you're so focused on money that you don't pray or you're so focused on money that you don't pay attention to your family and, you know, those different types of things. I mean, that's not about the money itself. That's about you know, the value and that you're placing on whatever that money is. So 
but just, you know, and even as women, like I, I, I really not even just, you know, a person of faith, but just women in general. Um, I think that we think that, you know, we're not supposed to earn money. I think that we're a little bit fearful of, you know, earning money, you know, especially, you know, sometimes in a relationship, you know, I've been in a relationship where, I was the breadwinner, you know, I literally like, you know, I made all of the money, you know, I, you know, paid the mortgage and, you know, my spouse was like, you know, uh, the caregiver at home, you know, took care of things at home. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, switching those roles on and off as long as you, you know, you have that, um, you know, understanding. But, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, as women, we, uh, you know, either, you know, have this fear of, you know, taking on that role and then being the breadwinner and then that causing problems in our relationships or that, you know, we don't want to overshadow our spouse. So say if we're in a position to uh, take, you know, a better job, we don't take the better job because we know that that job will be more pay. It could take us, you know, away from, you know, our family a little bit more than we would like to, but it also may come with a raise or may come with a dollar figure attached to it that will make us the breadwinner. And, you know, that may cause some some riff, you know, in the relationship. So I think that those, you know, types of conversations are important before you, you know, go into a marriage and, you know, you should talk about, you know, what if there comes a time where, you know, you become the breadwinner, you know, what is that going to look like? And, you know, what, what type of conversation are we going to have? Right. So, um, you know, financial sabotage as a woman or person of faith comes from not wanting to lose faith in the pursuit of worldly gain. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, as I'm, I'm just reiterating, many of us are under the impression wealth is to be avoided at all costs. I remember saying this to myself and I remember, you know, five years ago, you know, not taking opportunities or, you know, uh, charging less than, you know, almost, you know, because, you know, I kind of didn't want to be in this place where, you know, money was the main focus. I wanted, you know, the work to be the main focus. And, you know, one thing that I want to make sure that, you know, is prevalent and evident in, you know, just this conversation is that, you know, the value that you bring, um, you know, the value that you, you bring should be paramount and being a perfect person of service should be paramount to anything that you do. But if it comes with a price tag that allows you to make some money or allows you to, you know, be in a space where, um, you know, you you make some additional money, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting that into savings and, you know, not saving to save, but saving to invest. So um, I did an episode a little bit earlier. I forget what episode it might be. Episode 24, where I put, uh, you know, the difference between saving to save and saving to invest. And I just talked about, you know, we don't want to just save to save because there's no real goal. And then that's when we start to get into that like hoarding type mentality where, you know, we just want to see how much money we can amass in our bank account, but there's no real goal. There's no, okay, you know, when we get to this amount, when we get to $16,000 or when we get to $20,000, we're going to invest in a business or we're going to give so much in charity, whatever the goal may be. So, you know, just really wanting to, you know, just deepen the conversations, you know, and just talking about money and not talking about money as like this evil thing. And this this thing that we can't have, you know, as Muslims or as a person of faith, um, you know, and I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, I want to come from this episode as well is that we need to improve our religious knowledge. I think, you know, uh, this year, last year, this year, I began to have, you know, not only a better relationship, but just a better understanding around money. But it comes from improving religious knowledge. It comes from being in rooms with people 
that are actually in, you know, the space where they have money and how they utilize it and just being able to see firsthand how they take money that, you know, they earn the millions and millions of dollars that they earn in their business and how they positively, you know, can impact, you know, the Muslim community with the money that they earned. Um, you know, I, I think that this episode is important for me because I want people to walk away from this that, you know, uh, there, does, there doesn't have to be like this struggle. Uh, you know, we don't have to all be on the struggle bus, um, you know, in the name of Islam. We can actually, you know, be affluent. We can actually be in a place where, you know, we have some extra money that we can invest back into the community and we can create you know, different businesses and programs that, um, you know, have, you know, a uh, residual income, you know, we can create passive income streams, we can create, you know, uh, you know, programs that have residual income that allow that, you know, organization or allow that business to run off of the money that is made from that business, and also be able to reinvest it back into the community, whether we reinvest into the children, you know, it's a youth program, and reinvest into the children that go to that program, we invest in their education, we give out some scholarships and now we have doctors and lawyers and nurses and, you know, those type of people coming out of these, um, you know, programs. And so, you know, I think that, you know, it's just changing our mindset, you know, about money. And the way that we're going to do that is by learning a little bit more. You know, I hate to keep using, you know, Khadija radiallahu anha, you know, may Allah be pleased with her, right? Um, you know, as an example, but this woman, you know, if she lived in our time, she'd probably would be a billionaire. She, and, and you know, there would be no Islam if it was not for her wealth. There would be no Islam. She, you know, single-handedly, you know, funded, you know, Islam from the beginning, you know, and of course, you know, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, he had people that, you know, became followers of, of Islam later on and, you you know, they in turn, you know, um, uh, distributed their wealth, you know, within the community to help the community, you know, to help the Muslim community and to help further Islam. So, you know, we have to, you know, remember that when, you know, we are like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want no money or, you know, that kind of thing because, you know, it might change me. Now, of course, you got to know your personality and, you know, you have to work on those things. So it's a conscious conscious effort. And it's, you know, just making sure that you recheck your intention and you make sure, okay, this money that I'm acquiring, you know, uh, acquiring, it is for X, Y, and Z purpose. So, you know, that is the goal of, you know, this episode. And I also, you know, want us, you know, to, I want to dedicate some of our future episodes to how to make, spend and save um, and invest our money the halal way. Um, and, you know, I, I have reached out to some halal finance and investment organizations. You know, of course, you know, we big up women. So, you know, the goal is, is to have women come on and have women come on and just talk to us a little bit more about, you know, halal investments and and finance and how we, you know, we can operate in a Sharia compliant way or, you know, we can, you know, operate in an Islamic way around, you know, finances and wealth and money. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, also, you know, it's impossible to put a price on your religious belief or your faith. And like I said, if you're like me, I'm, you know, I'm getting older, you know, like five years ago, I became truly serious about my faith and just the practice of it. And so, you know, it's like, you know, I want to, you know, uh, dot my I's and cross my T's, you know, according to the religion. And I want to make sure, you know, the home that I purchased, the matter in which I purchased it, um, you know, the bank account that I have, you know, the, the money that, you know, I make from my business, all of it, you know, is, is, you know, compliant, you know, with, you know, halal earnings, halal investing, you know, and that kind of thing. So, 
you know, I, I don't want to operate, you know, in that gray area. You know what I mean? A lot of people talk about that gray area. Listen, I want to operate in this black and white. Like, listen, it's either this or that. You know what I mean? I'm either, you know, it's either halal or it's not. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I, you know, I want to do less of that, you know, well, maybe and or, you know, what I think and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, you know, and just, you know, just from what I've seen, many of us um, are savvy about ways to save money, which is why I did that episode on, uh, you know, uh, saving to save versus uh, saving to invest. You know, a lot of us are savvy about, you know, ways to save money. You have people that, you know, have, you know, their couponers and, you know, they're able to save money on groceries, but that money that you save on groceries. So say, you know, you're a family um, that spends, you know, maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars a week on food, right? And, you know, you get into couponing and you, you know, you're able to save, you know, $75 a week on food. So my question is, what happens to that money? Are you saving it? Are you saving to invest? Are you saving to save? Are you, uh, you know, investing it into a business or what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, you know, like, you know, it's one thing to, you know, become, you know, like this major coupon saver and, you know, your total at the cash register, despite having $250 worth of, you know, food and, you know, you know, things, you know, that, you know, the total comes up to $25, right? But what are you doing with the money that you would save? So, you know, how are you reallocating, you know, the money that, you you know, you're saving um, from your budget. So I think, you know, that, you know, I just want us to have, you know, some different concepts about money. You know, a lot of times, you know, the reason why poor people stay poor is because they, they, they don't think about money in the same way. They think about, you know, uh, well, you know, with this money, this new money that I earn, if I get a raise at my job with this new money that I earn, oh, now I can afford to go out here or now we can afford to eat at this restaurant. You know, we, you know, of course, you know, we want to enjoy this life. Sure. But there also should be some conversation around how you're investing that money, how you are going to make that money work for you. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think about this, you know, um, you know, of course, great savers, right? But we don't know how to invest and we don't know how to make it work for us, right? So many of us don't even have a credit card. And, you know, what people don't understand, you know, and of course, I understand interest, I understand um, riba, you know, and that, you know, we shouldn't participate in anything that, you know, uh, you know, has riba attached to it, right? But, you know, the, the goal of a credit card, you know, we have to look at it a little bit differently. The goal of a credit card is to have, you know, a better credit score so that, you know, you can do, you know, more things, uh, you know, with your, you know, with your money, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, even, you know, there's, there's halal investing, there's, you know, halal mortgages, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. I'm going to name a few companies that, you know, I'm looking to, you know, just sit down and have conversations with, you know, about what they're doing, you know, for the halal investor, the halal consumer, um, you know, and, you know, how, how can we, you know, participate in some of the things that, you know, grow our money that, you know, some of our, you know, some people, you know, are in the world are doing right, but without compromising our faith. So, you know, a credit card, you, you, you may need a credit card to rent a car, 
You know what I mean? Um, like, just think about it. You know, you are you need to do a delivery, right? Um, and, you know, the delivery, they're going to pay you $1,200, but you need a, a bigger truck. You can't even rent the truck or you may not even be able to rent the car that will get you that money that's halal, you know, to be able to, you know, do something because you may not be have a credit card, which most companies require. You know, you have some companies where you can leave a deposit. But what if you're in a space where there's no company around that, you know, you can leave that deposit? You know, I've been there. You know, I've been in places where I didn't have a credit card and, you know, they didn't let me rent from them because, you know, they they didn't want the liability, you know, that, you know, a person who is using a debit card has or a person that's, you know, leaving cash has. Okay, you know, you may be able to leave that $700 cash deposit. But, you know, how many people leave that $700 cash deposit, but then abscond with the vehicle, you know? So I actually had someone, um, they explained to me why, um, you know, they they don't accept uh, people who have debit cards or accept people who leave cash. It's because, you know, a small few ruined it for the rest of us. And, you know, they absconded with some vehicles, right? So, um, you know, so you need a credit card to, to, to rent a car. You know, you're going to pay that bill at the end of the month because you don't want to participate in, you know, riba and want to participate in that interest. So you just got to have some discipline about you. So all of this that we're talking about, you know, with money and growing our money and, and earning it, you know, and earning more of it, right? Um, you've got to have discipline and you've got to not let, you know, uh, the the object, right, uh, take over and take over, you know, and your nuts to take over, right? So, um, you know, and understanding that at the end of the day, our faith is paramount. Our faith is the main, uh, you know, focus. <clears throat> you know, you think about, um, uh, you know, just another thing to just to bring to the forefront. You know, what if you can't afford, you know, a people that want to buy a home, right? And, you know, some people pay cash. You know, I know a lot of people that, you know, they save, 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 or, you know, they go to the auction and they're able to purchase a home cash. They're able to do all the repairs cash. You know, they've saved up their money, right? But what if you have a family, you know, that needs to be in a home, being in an apartment is just not going to work for them. What if you can't afford, what if they can't afford to pay cash for that home? Where do they find a, a Sharia compliant lender or mortgage company? And, you know, that's really what I want to do. You know, I want to dedicate some of the future, you know, um, episodes um, to helping you to be able to find, you know, these places. Um, you know, Guidance Residential is one of them. You know, I've worked with them in the past. Um, they have, you know, helped me um you know, with presentations and some different projects in the past. Um, I just found recently this other one, and it's, it's actually been around for a while. It's HSBC Amana. Um, and of course, there are many banks and private lenders who fall into the category that will help you to find a Sharia compliant, um, you know, mortgage or, you know, uh, just, you know, halal, uh, you know, loan, so to speak. Um, you know, and, you know, I want to, you know, you know, help us to understand that it's smart to invest your money. Um, and, you know, again, cognizant of our re religious relief, re religious beliefs, but we have to learn more, we, um, you know, because it's holding us back. It's holding us back um, with helping our money to work for us. You know, I want to dispel, you know, some of the myths and, you know, about faith around, you know, business, money, investing, and, you know, helping us to make money by connecting us with these halal resources and help us to make better decisions as conscious Muslims. Um, you know, and being able to use what we learn and earn, right, towards the development of beneficial community programs, towards the advancement of Islam, um, just to put it plainly, you know, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about, you know, more women doing, you know, the things that they 
you know, are passionate about doing more of the things that, you know, they were created. You know, Allah gave us each, you know, some talents and, and, you know, just skills that we have. And we were putting them to waste because of fear. You know, we're putting them to waste, you know, for fear of losing our faith or for fear of, you know, uh, some, some of us are in situationships, you know what I mean? Instead of, you know, uh, relationships in Islam. And so, you know, you know, so some of those situationships are keeping us from having, you know, fruitful, fruitful relationships. And also, you know, just our amana. You know, uh, we have been entrusted with our talents and our gifts, uh, where we live in the world, where Allah, you know, has us in the world, you know, the place where we live. We're meant to make, you know, some type of impact wherever he has planted you. You're there for a purpose. There's a purpose. And, you know, start making dua about, you know, what is my purpose, Allah? You know, what, how can I, you know, progress Islam? You know, is it, you know, giving out advice? Is it, you know, cooking for the masjid? But in cooking for the masjid, maybe you make food plates and, you know, maybe, you know, you're not just serving the Muslim community, but maybe you're serving people outside of the Muslim community who want to have a halal meal. Maybe you make that into a business and, you know, you serve the, you're able to serve the masjid on Juma for free because of the money that you earned, you know, during the week, you know, selling the meals, et cetera, et cetera. Like there are just so many ways that, you know, we can use our talent um, to progress, you know, the, the, the Islam and to, you know, to progress, you know, the different, um, you know, programs. Um, you know, I, you know, in our anniversary episode, in our anniversary um, episode um, 30, um, we talked to uh, Yasmin Al-Hadi, who set us straight about, um, you know, zakat and giving sadaqah, you know, uh, you know, we want to follow the rules about that too. You know what I mean? How many of us, you know, year after year, you know, maybe we don't meet the, you know, the financial, uh, you know, threshold to be able to, to give zakat. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you, if you don't meet it, right. If you don't, you know, meet the, the, the threshold, right. There are other ways that you can, you know, uh, you know, give, right. There are other ways that you can, you know, earn, um, you know, reward. But wouldn't it be, you know, great that you're able to, you know, give zakat, that you're able to, you know, help someone else besides yourself? You know what I mean? Like, you know, Allah didn't just put us here. You know, God didn't just put us here to help ourselves and to advance ourselves. He put us here for the the to help other people, you know, and for the development of ourselves, the development of our family, the development of the community where we live, whether we live in a Muslim environment or not. Right. Um, we are you know, we're supposed to set the example and we're for the development of, you know, everybody. And, you know, I'm a strong believer in giving. You know, I'm a strong believer in either by volunteering. You know, if I don't have, you know, the money, the extra money to give, you know, I'm volunteering my time. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's all of us. You know what I mean? We all should volunteer. We all should, you know, give of our, you know, our wealth. You know what I mean? Whether it's our youth and we're able to volunteer for 40,000 hours, you know, a week, you know, or, you know, we give of our finances, we give of our wealth, we give of, you know, the food, you know, that we have, you know? And so, you know, I feel like, um, you know, there's a direct correlation between giving and increasing wealth, both spiritually and financially. So when I'm talking here, I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, wealth, you know, financially speaking, I'm also talking about wealth spiritually and gaining and knowledge. And, you know, sometimes, you know, just changing that room, you know, changing the room that you're in, you know, uplifting yourself and being in a room where, you know, uh, people are doing more in the community, right? Doing more, you know, for Islam can, can raise your, 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 your spiritual 
um, just your spiritual level, um, not only just your um, financial level. So, you know, just really wanted to just talk about that, you know, um, companies like Amana Mutual Funds, um, you know, that make it easy to invest with Islamic principles and Sharia certified. You know, others are Halal Investment um, in uh, Halal Investment Services, uh, Sharia Portfolio and Fundrise, right? You know, I'm, you know, just looking for companies that offer those halal investment services, um, you know, and again, Sharia portfolio and Fundrise are, you know, to name a few, you know, I looked up a few of those. So, you know, looking to, you know, going into September, October and, you know, into the final quarter of the year is just really, you know, just revving up and just talking more about ways that not only can we increase our finances and, you know, we can enjoy, you know, th th this world but also how can we help other people? How can we help that person that's to the right or the left? How can we help that person that, you know, we see their Facebook post and, you know, they're, they're looking for money to, you know, help their family. What if you were one of those people that, you know, with a single swipe, you know, you were able to help them, you know, if they were looking for money for their rent, you know, just a single swipe being able to help them. You know, I think about those things, you know, I think about, you know, uh, the people that come in my DM and, you know, ask me, you know, Hey sis, you know, um, you know, I just moved into this new, new place and, you know, I'm, I'm just able to afford the rent, you know, we could really use some furniture or, you know, I'm short this month, you know, on, you know, rent, you know, assist, I could use your help and, and being able to, you know, say, you know what, yes, I can, you know, uh, you know, offer that loan, you know, and it's not the loan to the person, it's the loan to a loss. So anytime, you know, you give Sakai, you give, you know, uh, you know, you give in the name of Allah, right? You give without wanting to receive back, whatever it is, right? Um, those are loans to Allah. And, you know, we pray that, you know, those loans that, you know, we give out here while, you know, we are, you know, in the dunya, we're in this world, right, that they are building our house for us in the Akhira. So I pray that this episode was a benefit. Um, can't wait to share my quote of the week uh, with you guys. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, you know, haven't answered this question in a while. You know, I always ask this of the guests, right? But what does it mean to be a boss hijabi? And, you know, for me, uh, being a boss hijabi, you know, uh, for me as of late, uh, you know, means, you know, just moving forward, you know, um, with with diligence and perseverance and 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 relying completely 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 on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just you know moving forward and and you know just just with intention and rechecking with your intention every single day you know every single hour really you know just rechecking your intention and making sure that you know what the goal is what you're looking to move towards you know what you're aligning yourself with that it's also in alignment with Islam and really you know kind of the other way around you know that, you know, like just really like aligning yourself with Islam and then finding those things that align with where you are in faith and understanding that every single day that you wake up, you know, not only should you learn more in this dunya, right? So you should be, you know, uh, intelligent with, you know, worldly things, but you should also be intelligent with Islam. You know, how many times do you open up the Quran in a day? How many times do you learn a hadith or do you learn the story of a sahaba or a sahabiyat? Like, you know, really taking the time and using our time wisely. You know, I will tell you that, you know, just 20 minutes after salah, you know, you can read, you know, a hundred verses. Just 20 minutes after salah, actually 200 verses. I, you can read 200 verses of the Quran. You know, that's almost Surah Baqarah. You know what I mean? That's 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 almost so You can read ten or eleven, you know, ayah in one minute. 
right? So you can read 10 or 11 ayat in one minute. So in 20 minutes, that's 200 ayat that you have read. That is almost the whole of Surah Baqarah. If you really, you know, use your time wisely, you know, are you waking up for Fajr, right? Are you working up for Tahajr in the middle of the night? Are you waking up? Are you waking up 20, 30 minutes before Fajr and praying Tahajr, right? Are you then after that, you know, spending 20 minutes after you make, you know, uh, Fajr? Are you spending 20 minutes and just opening up that Quran and just, you know, just just read 200 verses, inshallah. You know, what what type of difference would that make? You know, what type of dis- difference would it make to even just read one ayah every single day to just where you touch the Quran every single day you open it? And, you know, if you're, you know, the level where you're at, and, you know, also operate at the level where you're at. You know, that's that to me is a bossy jabby. You know, being a bossy jabby, you know, you will, you're, who you are today, the boss hijabi that you are today, you know, as you increase in knowledge, you know, whether it's worldly or whether it's from a spiritual standpoint or religious standpoint, you will not be that that way tomorrow. You will increase, you know, inshallah. And, you know, as a as a Muslim, as a person of faith, a woman of faith, it is my responsibility to learn my religion. Literally, you know, that is our motto, you know, when and I don't know if you've listened to it, but in our intro, like literally, you know, our intro and our outro. This is what we say in the intro and the outro is, you know, learning our faith and how we can apply it to our daily lives. So I pray that this episode was a benefit, um, you know, inshallah, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Assalamu alaikum. This has been another spectacular episode of Boss Hijabipreneur, brought to you by BUNHD LLC and the Not Without My Hijab stage play. To find out more about services for women of faith in business, visit www.bunhd.com. Want to learn more about the next city up on the tour? Visit www.notwithoutmyhijab.com. It is our hope here on the Boss Hijabipreneur podcast that after each episode, you will be empowered to have a deeper connection in your spirituality, personal, and business relationships. As women of faith, we have a responsibility to learn our religion, apply it to our daily lives, and to make a positive contribution in our local and global community. My inspirational quote of the week, good deeds weigh heavier than worldly adornments like wealth and children. Surah Al-Kaf. Surah 18, verse 46. Wealth and children are an adornment of this world's life, but good deeds, the fruit whereof endures forever, are of far greater merit in thy sustainer's sight and a far better source of hope.